Thank you for tuning in to episode 55 of Collins Conversations. This was a real fun one to record. I got to go downtown to check out Skeleton Studios. Mark and Sam, great hosts. Let me play with a whole bunch of really cool toys camera-wise and saw everything that they do. We talk about that and a whole bunch more for about an hour and a half. So enjoy this while you're quarantined, stuck in the house, and go watch all of their YouTube videos after you listen to this. And we're alive two hours late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not two hours late. We're only hour 45 late. There we go. Um, but Collins Conversations, I always let the guests introduce themselves. And to, today's the first time that we have two guests introduce themselves. But you guys are kind of the same entity. So however you guys want to handle that, go ahead and tackle it. Got the camera? Wherever you want to go, man. What Which up? camera specifically? Yeah, let's do this one. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, what's up, guys? I'm Mark. And I'm Sam. And we are Skeleton Studios. That's correct. And uh, they spell it a little bit different than a lot of people that go studios. It's S-T-E-W, and that's, uh, see how smart I am. We have uh, Sam Skeleton and Mark Stewart, right? Mm -hmm. it's, and then just kind of combine Almost, two. you're so close. close. So it's Sam Skeleton. The whole, my whole life, everyone said Sam Skeleton. So that was the first little pun. Gotcha. Right? Skeleton. So you helped explain it yes, right there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I fell for it too. Uh, yeah, a lot of people call me Stew or iterations of that. Stew, Stew. Stewie. Yeah. yeah, so it was like Stew, and then we're like, well, it's Studios. Right. It, it was also pretty hard to find a, a name. And yeah. I, I also, when I was looking at it, kind of the marketing brain in myself, I was like, all right, there's a lot of Skeleton Studios. Maybe that's just that separator point of like, no, mm. we're the STEW one. Right. And we also hope to just be the one popping up, whether you type it either way. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been working on the SEO to get it to work either way. And uh, for those of you, anybody that's watching or listening that doesn't know, uh, give them a quick rundown of what all do we do at Skeleton Studios. Uh, well, we make uh, movies for clients, we make photo packages, and we also run a YouTube channel. Um, we have a pretty cool studio here in Cleveland too. And, like our uh, home base. This is uh, 2.0. What can you tell everybody about kind of the beginnings of Studio 1.0 and kind of how all of this, I mean, this is, like you said, it's an epic studio. How did all of this, what came to get you here? So our first studio was actually in Mark's apartment. He had an extra bedroom and it wasn't being used. So Mark grabbed a little bit of extra of the rent and we kind of like just took it over. Oh man, see falling apart. Your project just fell down. Yeah. <laughs> A sound panel just fell. Are you watching? <laughs> yeah, my um, phone in front of the camera. So yeah, we had a small, what was that room, like 15 by 12 or something? Yeah, and something like that? Yeah, we, we just kind of built it out so we both had a desk and we had a little animation overhead rig and we just, it was pretty much just an editing space. But it was a cool spot because we could bring people together, there's a couch and... Um, we did yeah. have an animation table in there yeah. too, which was cool. I'm glad you mentioned that because I probably would have fucked up and forgot towards the end. A lot of that slow motion animation stuff that you guys do, I love it. Thanks, like, man. Especially being the creator myself, knowing that I'm not at all patient enough to do that. Like, how many times you guys had to go move a little ball that moved across the table or anything like that. Like, yeah. those little details really stand out. And a lot of times, like, you'll do that and then put it, you know, behind, like, you guys jumping off cliffs. You're like, what else could you want? You got creative, you got. A, you know, adventure you got it all. Yeah, we've been uh, lacking that a little bit in our content recently, but we have a new overhead rig going in the corner over there, and it's gonna be sweet. We want to integrate that in pretty much every video we put out. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys have been working together for what, 10 plus years, right? Since early high school? Yeah, since yeah. Uh, 2005. 
I think it's. I, I think I saw something. You said that before, and I think it's 2006. I might. I might be wrong. Well, yet. It was the fall of 2005. A, it was a, yeah, a couple months in 2005. But. I only say that because I did a deep dive enough to know that you guys said something and then had a little asterisk and be like, no, it was, it was one more. Well, yeah, you, did, you got your research in yeah. there. <laughs> I'm nowhere near a Nardwar, but I always like to kind of find the balance of the interview of like, I want to do enough research that like when I sit down, you're like, all right, this guy actually put in a little bit of time. Like, there's a reason I'm sitting across the table from him, but still leave enough of that open window of like, all right. Now we could actually find something new that I have no idea and completely fuck up the whole yeah. idea and go a different direction. The yeah, Sam and I actually met in a video class in high school. It was called Interactive Media. Mm -hmm. And it was and amazing. amazing. All, all kinds of different stuff like, you know, making videos, web design, animation, whole variety of things. It was a tier class and we basically started working together right at the beginning of class. Like, like first, first day. day. <laughs> it was, I, uh, it was uh, surfing or skateboarding or something snowboarding. like that? Snowboarding. Snowboarding. So, right? so I actually, I had interest in the class, but I really only joined the class because I had like three years of snowboard tapes and I had no way to edit them. And I knew if I got in this class that I'd have a computer right. so I could edit. So we like went around, the teacher went around and had us all like describe ourselves. And I was like, I'm Sam Skelton, and I, you know, I love snowboarding. Or no, it was Mark. I'm sorry, yeah, I said it right. I think yeah. I said I love snowboarding. Sam's in the back of class. He goes, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went and became uh, snowboard instructors at Alpine Valley. And then that kind of just the drive back and forth was like 30 minutes. We just kind of connected there. And That's awesome. You guys have right. always been out of uh, Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. I know you moved around a little bit, but that's yeah, kind of like the, the up, up growing was all kind yeah. of... Yeah, we, we started making movies together then at the end of high school, and then we didn't really pursue a company together until about 2015. We started really talking about it. Mm -hmm. But when we were in high school, we, we always said we wanted to make a film production company. And we mm -hmm. called it Stu V. Skelts back then. <laughs> I think you guys did yeah. a lot better with the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of that little bit of maturity gave you a lot more creative uh, with yeah. the name, right? Our yeah. first videos were pretty bad, but they were fun. They're class yeah. assignments, you know? Right. And uh, that was, uh, you guys were in high school, I think I saw, what, 05, 06, in that, that era? Was that when that was, right? Yeah, we graduated yeah. 08. And uh, that was the beginning era of YouTube, so you guys have kind of been creators that whole length of YouTube, and now you're kind of making that extra push to really <laughs> oh my god! Set, set yourself above and beyond. It's that tape, man. We got you got got to use better tape. I know. Well, now that I said it's when we graduated, we did not meet until 2006. I was mixing that up in my head. What? We met in 2006. We did? Yeah. That was the beginning of 11th grade. 2006. Oh shoot! You're right. Jesse, yeah. you are. Uh, you're, conversation. You're really <laughs> I'll tell you how your history went, goddamn. Yeah. You know better than I do. Shit. Uh, Lately, the last couple episodes, I've been re really good with that, like diving deep enough. Where the last episode I just put out was Antoine Dunn. Um, I had a CD cover of his from 2012, his last thing he put out. Apparently, he didn't even have that case, and I was like, oh, look, I got it. And then uh, Juice Shrug, who does the Color Radio podcast, yeah. another creative group in Cleveland to kind of look into. Um, my wife ended up, she actually ended up going to the same high school as he did. And I was listening to oh, his wow. podcast, you know, kind of getting a little bit of you know, background information, mm -hmm. and I was like, wait a minute, St. Joe's. Around the same time, I was like, hey, honey, do you have a, a yearbook you know, from that time? She's like, yeah, and I'm going through it. I was like, ha, ha, I found them. It looks a thousand percent different than yeah. it did in high school. So to be able to kind of like get the interview going and bring that up from her at the table, like, hey, look what we got. That's like, funny. Dude, doing your research as a podcast host is huge, huge. too. Just bringing, getting the conversation going. Well, Sean Evans, by ones, man, he's on top of his, his game. There, I'd like to be at least at one point, I'm saying like five to seven years from now, I want to be a perfect blend of Joe Rogan. Nardwar and Sean Evans. Yeah. 
Like I think that there is the perfect inter interview skill set. Kind of, I don't want to have to eat hot chicken wings every day. Like I'd eat chicken wings <laughs> like a motherfucker if we didn't have to have you know, yeah, 8,000 right. Scoville, yeah. which is crazy. You ever go, after watching that show, you ever go to like Tapatio or, you know, and look at what they have on there, you're like, I've tried Dude, some of those same, hot sauces. Same. I've tried uh, Da Bomb and The Last Dab. Da Bomb is so do we have insane. Of that? Um, yeah. Uh, no. No, we, we, we love that show. We right. actually uh, experimented with a parody show of that for a little bit for YouTube. What was it going to be? It's called Cold Ones. <laughs> and you oh. slam beers. <laughs> I, I've heard about that. It never came. And there was a there was a shot, and it was like a dirty whiskey shot, a black velvet. And on uh, episode two, we did a couple trial episodes. On episode two, the other contestant puked, like on screen. He That's threw awesome. up. It was so gross, so, dude. He was, it was like foam. I'm trying to remember if it was on the podcast episode or if we talked about it before or after. Those things always get blurry to me. I'm like, yeah. what did we record and what did we just talk about? But I think that might have made it on the Scuff Mixon episode. Um, Cause he was yeah. he was training for that by the way. He was yeah I remember talking about that actually. He was training. He was yeah. training. He, he like really, it didn't really require training. I don't it, think it was like a half hour episode and you drink what six beers? It was six beers split with the contestant. But they and I had to ask him questions. Mm. But Mark Mark was the host and I did I I have like uh, twelve years of bartending experience okay. so I would curate the beer menu. And it would get stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where you're drinking like 12% beer yeah, yeah, yeah. or 9%. Just, just like how the Scovilles go up, you're getting more flavor. Yeah, exactly. More more flavor, more alcohol right. percentage. And then by the time you're like full... You were pretty it. fucked up by the end. It yeah. was like on a time <laughs> limit and, you know, it was like, I think a drink every... You know, if you get that back going, just make it like a, a stipulation of you have to show up on an empty stomach. Like just to make it, right. hit, uh, make it hit that much Dude. quicker. We'll, well, probably, we'll probably bring... bring with that idea, I kind of started to be like, mm, I don't know if I want to like have to get fucked up every Wednesday. You <laughs> yeah, know? I think that might mess up your monetization ideas too, right? Yeah. yeah, maybe a bit. You might have to do that on kind of like a parallel channel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but that brings us in. We do have, I know I told you guys we keep it kind of pretty loose, but we do have a couple segments. And uh, I made a mention, so we might as well go to it now. It's a segment I call name dropping. Okay. Um, kind of, I'm going to throw out a name either that I know that you guys know or I've kind of seen names you know, kind of side by side. I want you to tell me how you know them and what people should know about them and if there's any stories that we're able to tell. For sure. Um, kind of give, just give that background of everybody. And the first one we already mentioned, we'll go with, who is Scuff Mixon? You go first. Well, <laughs> I think you, you <laughs> met Casey yeah. before I did. I've known Casey since, uh, Casey was in one, uh, one of my best friend, uh, Tyler Grant. Was he on your podcast? Uh, he's not. And he, okay. did, he, he didn't show up either time that Casey was on the podcast. So. <laughs> Tyler, you have to come the next time. <laughs> Actually, um, he's been on three times. So Scuff, Casey's been on three times. Yeah. And Tyler hasn't been there. Tyler does a lot of writing for uh, Casey's guitar. Yeah, he's an awesome guitar player. Yeah, yeah. Tyler's a great guitar player. But I met um, Casey and Tyler were in this band in high school called Beneath Broken Halos. Okay. And um, that's when I met Casey. So I met Casey when I was like 16. So we've been uh, we got a lot closer when I moved to Chicago. Mm -hmm. And um, were you guys living in Chicago at the same time? Yeah, yeah. So okay. Tyler and I were working on a lot of music then, and we met Casey. So I've known Casey since we were like 16, so 15, 15-ish years. Gotcha. Um, you guys also have some of the best archives of the Scuff Mix on Music, where I, I yeah. figuring that I've done a couple interviews with him, I've gone through the whole discography. Yeah. Also something that he never, ever, ever advertises. There's a scuffmixon.com out there. Yep. Um, I made it. It's nice. <laughs> um, but kind of like, 
I thought I was pretty, you know, fluent on this discography, and I was going through some of your guys' older stuff. I was like, this shit is good, and I've never heard it. Yeah. So Casey, bring that back out. I don't remember what songs. <laughs> bring them all back out. Yeah, Casey. Um, Casey and I jam out a lot, and lots of times the songs that we jam out turn into songs that he puts out, which is pretty cool. Nice. So kind of like, sort of sometimes right with him, which is fun. Yeah, man, we've made a ton of music videos together. I've seen a bunch of guitars in your stuff. What else do you play? Anything or is it just uh, I'm a singer, actually. Okay. Yeah, guitar, singer. Mark's guitar. I play guitar, bass. So I can you guys just do every bit of creative then. I could do a yeah. little bit of piano. Uh-huh. Do you guys read music? Um, I can I can read like alto. I used to play cello when I was a kid. Okay. So. I used to be able to. I, yeah. I played trumpet. But I want to bring it back to me and Casey, because I want yeah, to tell yeah, you guys yeah. my side of it. Yeah, yeah, I have sure. a pretty funny story. Casey's the homie, though, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah one Casey, of my absolute best friends, and we, we love creating together. Casey's yeah. the dude, he's the man. First time I met Casey, Sam had known him for a little while, but I didn't really know Casey. And we were over his house, hanging out in his room, he was showing us some tattoo stuff. And Casey's a really small dude, you know? Right. He was still probably a teenager at this time. <laughs> and he had a... <laughs> a Pediasure on his table, and he was drinking it, you know. Pediasure is like the little chocolate milk drink right. for trying to some scrawny, scrawny kids, you know. I saw it, you know, I, I didn't want to say anything, and Sam just straight called him up. Just started laughing, he was like, dude, are you drinking Pediasure? We all just started busting up. Yeah, that was awesome. my first interaction with Casey, so. Yeah, a little, little bit on Casey's. <laughs> That's great. Uh, the next one I'm name dropping. Love uh, you, Casey. Sorry. About it's all love, Casey. You already know. Colin's <laughs> conversations, big supporters, yeah. stuff mixing everything that they do. Uh, next one, Josh Dobe. Who is he? How do you guys know him? Uh, Josh Dobe. I met Josh Dobe also through Sam. Uh, Sam worked with him at Melt in mm -hmm. Manor. Okay. And I'm, I, you know, I would go on and visit Sam all the time, and I ended up meeting a lot of other people that he was working with. Sam actually had Josh in one of the vlogs during our vlog challenge. Yeah. yeah that's what you guys are at now. I know I saw that one. Yeah. Is there another one? Uh, it was where like you were trying out Josh's like burgers. He was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Josh one? was working on a food truck for a while. Uh, I think that like fell through, but he um yeah, he was in a couple of the vlog episodes. Right. We I I, I Well sorry. yeah, I don't know. That, that's where I met Josh and uh, yeah, we've just been dabbling, you know, working with him here and there mm -hmm. and friends with him and absolutely you and you guys were in a company together right yeah so jo well I, I met Josh at Melt years ago we helped open the Menor store mm -hmm. so I've known him since that was 20 when did I move home like 2011 or 12 2012 right is when I met Josh and um, we just became friends at the store and then I moved away multiple times and kept coming back and every time I came back Josh is at Melt and I kind of used Melt <laughs> as my like your fallback they, yeah no, it was just always like they're so cool about me leaving and coming back. Right. And so and it was a great paying job, so I was like, I was doing that. But um, when Mark and I started the company, I just like hassle Josh at work every day because he hated it, and I'd be like, dude, like you know, like start doing fun stuff again because he's an amazing singer. Like he's like crazy so screamer. Like, heavy metal, right? Yeah. yeah. There's this band called Demolisher, and that kid's got that like classic like, <laughs> like crazy scream going. And he like, you know, he wasn't doing that as much and I was just like, I was just trying to be encouraging and Josh is a really good dude. And mm -hmm. yeah, we, we uh, started a drum company together, which has since, uh, it's since done, but it was, uh, it's all like super good learning experience. Like Absolutely. we worked on a few other projects with Josh, like Josh was getting into video 
along the time we were like building this studio. Yeah. And Josh he helped came build along the studio with, too. Some yeah, a couple days. He filmed some here. He came along on some uh, of the Arios music video for Scuff Mixing. And he helped with uh, the Ink <clears throat> music videos too. Our first music yeah. videos we put out. So yeah, he's been like behind the scenes in right. a few projects. Yeah, good dude though. Yeah, I put out one of the clips that we were talking about, you know, it's funny how some things hit and some things don't. Yeah. He had a, a, such a good little, not a rant, but kind of a nice little clip about how he learned everything that he learned about business from heavy metal. And like, that's one yeah. of those like, it's such a good story, which I got to not do what you do in a lot of them and figure out how to be link up there. Almost eight, like almost every time you do a link, you put it in a different spot. They chill. Yeah. Well, one that thing that happened to YouTube changed, you can't do those links anymore. So yeah. the old school ones, right. with, in those old videos were like, link up here, there used to be a link up there, but oh, now you, you can't do why that. Why is YouTube trying to make you guys look yeah. like that? Now all you got is it, on this, if you're looking at the screen, it pops up in the top right hand corner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you gotta do the left. <laughs> like that's, that's, like, why, that's why I don't do those, because I'm like, now I gotta remember and post which way. Yeah, right here, this is correct. Link right here, I'm on the right side. <laughs> no, is it over there? Yes, it's... And same with like end screens, they change every couple, yes. six to eight months, and sometimes it's 10 seconds, eight seconds. Yeah. Like, if YouTube could just stay the same for what, two, three years, how great would that be? The YouTube studio they just launched a couple months ago mm -hmm. is pretty much fixed all that stuff. Should, right. If you haven't downloaded it, download it. Yeah, I, I think it, it's, I don't know, I should be updated. It I was think. beta for years, now it's, right. like, it's like solid. I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. The, yeah. the, just the regular, you click your channel, Boom, boom, right there. Yeah, the YouTube, YouTube Studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah their analytics are way better. It's like way more information than there ever was before. Yeah, it's good. Absolutely. And you guys probably paid more attention than a lot of people to analytics because you guys hit really well on a couple. And uh, Decent, yeah. Did you guys end up finishing? How close did you get to your 100 uh, video goal? <laughs> we could talk about that. That's a good That's a good segment on its own. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually really <clears throat> dove deep on that in our Patreon exclusive podcast which is only on our Patreon, but we basically got to a point in the year where we were about to charge and make a video every day for like the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we went to VidSummit, which is a YouTuber creative conference in LA. Yeah. And we learned so much information about YouTube and how it works. Mm -hmm. And basically it was kind of just like pulling back the curtain of like, here's how you make it on YouTube. Like, we were surrounded by like every creator you've ever seen on YouTube. Like, Casey Neistat was there, Peter McKinnon was there. Um, so it's just everyone you can imagine if you're in the photo video world, like, right. yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Tons of, tons of people. And basically we just, what we took away from that is if we complete this challenge and make a video every day, those videos aren't necessarily going to do anything for us. Right. And we've kind of seen that from, from a lot of our other videos. And we just were like, you know what, we need to rethink our approach. And we decided we, to not, not. It was finish. tough because there's like a, you're battling between like your your word and your integrity. Cause right. we, like, we were like very public about very it. Like, public. We are going to do this. We're not quitters either. No, definitely not. The, this was, this was kind of what happened. <laughs> the year before we did, um, not a huge amount of business. So going into 2019, we were like, oh my God, this is still, we're raining sound panels right now. Yeah, we just Sorry. put up some sound panels at the beginning of this podcast. We need to get some better glue. Falling down off I of the think, ceiling. Uh, in the little corner of the screen, we need what, one, two, three? Is that number <clears> three? Yeah, yeah, that's three. 
Okay, so yeah, back to what I was saying, um, we didn't do as much business, so I think going into it, we are like, oh, 100 videos, which 100 videos isn't really that crazy. Mm. But we get into this year and all of a sudden, like our business like doubled and we were doing a lot of work for other people and we kind of got behind and it was nice though because we like scaled back on our side jobs that we were working right. and we're working a lot more on the business. But in that, it's kind of like something we couldn't foresee happening. Right. Um, so yeah, dude, it was really strange, but we talked to a creator we really admire, his name's Cody Warner. Okay. And he did this uh, great keynote and we watched him and then after we got to talk to him and we like told him our predicament. We're like, yo dude, you know, we owe like 70 videos and we have three months or whatever, you know? And he's like, what should we do? And he was, he basically gave us some really cool advice and he was just like, tell your audience what's up, you know? Right. Yeah, just say, say you're sorry, you know? Yeah, say like, sorry, it's, it sucks we couldn't do it, but you know, Absolutely. it's just, we, we really realized it just wouldn't be worth it and what we really took away from the conference is and, and just like analyzing our channel and what's successful and what's not is we need to find a balance of what we can accomplish in a certain amount of time and what we're proud of because a lot of times we would go at YouTube we'd really make it like a little bit too grandeur and think it had to be this like big thing, this cohesive thing that always like flowed together. Not saying that it shouldn't flow together, but like I think we were just making the production too hard for ourselves for what YouTube is. It's okay to be a little vloggy, sloppy, you know, quick yeah. sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, basically, yeah, that was that was an interesting time, like an interesting time, but that's pretty much the whole um, idea of the studio now is like we're just about wrapped up so it's going to be a really easy place to put together something that is pretty good quality quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean you guys, just from what this place looked like two hours ago when I walked through the door until now, it's 100% different. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's wild. You can move this back to where it was and interchange a thousand different things <clears throat> and keep it moving. Yeah. One, I left one person off of the uh, name dropping. Oh yeah. Uh, tell me about Rum Tom. Rum Tom. Oh, that's awesome. Rum so. He is actually about to be my brother-in-law, which nice. is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. So Rum Tom is John Hastings. That's his his uh, musical identity, like artistic creative, artistic identity, I should say. He does his art through that. Rum Tom. Yeah, Rum Tom. And um, yeah, super solid dude. He has been going and going for years. He's had multiple like write-ups, and he's he's very professional. He's an incredible, incredible artist. That's, um, yeah, it's Johnny. He's, he's not just a musical artist either. He's actually really killing it right now in uh, like huge, large mural art. That's awesome. So he's located in Denver, Colorado, and he actually gets uh, hired quite a bit to do murals for like new restaurants and stuff. Nice. Kind of like uh, Starbeam. Do you know what I, I say? I feel like that name sounds, I feel like I should know that name. I feel like that's come across my screen. Yeah, he actually works a bunch. He's, I think he's still in Lake Effect Studios behind our building. Nice. Um, yeah, man. But yeah, John, John does a lot of cool art. He, he does like, kind of like trippy, jungle-esque, uh, a lot of shapes. It's like earthy. Yeah, earth vibes. His new thing he's working on, which is, I cannot wait to see, is 3D murals. So he's actually That's like, awesome. like, like those making- that, Like on the sidewalk, they make it look like you're about to- No, not like that. Like those are sweet. But like actually like pieces, like the art, like it's actually like multiple pieces of 
like he's like constructing murals that okay. like come off the wall. That's sweet. Yeah, really cool stuff. That's awesome. So yeah, like, I don't know. If you go to Denver and drive around, you'll like see some of his art. Yeah. I hate driving around that. Any, anything in Colorado, I hate driving around. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I've been lucky enough to go back and forth. Uh, my dad moved to Seattle like six or seven years ago. So being a landscaper by, by trade, you know, I never did snow. So I'd always have the winters to either go travel or kind of just regroup yep. and everything. So once he moved out to Seattle, that was just that perfect, like look for that window of halfway decent weather across yeah. the country, throw my dog and a whole bunch of shit <clears> in the back seat of the car and go across. And the last time that we came back, my uh, now wife, uh, girlfriend, then we went through Colorado and everything. And like, it's crazy how, here you see like rock slide signs and you're like, oh whatever, mudslide, yeah. whatever. Like out there, it's not any snow and they're out there with fucking plows because like the thing just fell off the yeah. Yeah. There's no, There's no uh, turn, uh, what am I trying to say? The guardrail. There's no guardrail, you're just like. <laughs> there's some scary turns, it, for sure. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. Colorado also, we got pulled over twice within a mile for, really? a, for a headlight out. Wow. Which, I mean, that was our first time coming through Colorado, and we were definitely fully Colorado enthusiasts. And like, they're it, super into like, you having Colorado plates. Man. Yeah, like, yeah. I get it, we got Ohio Ohio tags, but like, yeah. you could have seen us get pulled over back there. <laughs> if you guys pulled me over every 100 yards, I cannot get to the store to get a new light bulb in time. It's like 8.30, let us go. But yeah, Colorado is a great place, but I don't like driving there. Yeah. Same with like Montana. Montana is my least favorite place ever to drive through because so, like it's pretty boring unless you're in the mountains for sure. Absolutely, you go through those ranch areas though, and like it's 200 miles of one lane paved. Yeah. I mean like one lane plowed, and then you're yeah. like, I should go over, but I feel like I'm gonna die, and it's two degrees out here. <laughs> you know, I might die. Everybody out there is look, looking at me like I'm crazy at a gas station because I got like blankets rolled around me. Trying to <laughs> like like I, got, I need 20 on two, man. <laughs> you know, and they're like in shorts and flip-flops, like it's negative 20, my breath is turning into ice. <laughs> um, but you guys have both, that's a good segue too, you guys have both done a shit ton of traveling it seems like. Um, yeah. What type of tips can you give anybody that's listening or watching of people that want to vlog and want to create but really want to make it look that professional adventure that you guys are doing? Is it just the equipment? Is it style? What makes for a good um, way to kind of capture your, your uh, travels? Um, a couple tips, I would say like sh uh, shoot strategically. Yeah, kind of know what you're trying to do, like what you're trying to shoot. Mm -hmm. and, and also like contain... Oh, somebody's knocking on the door. I guess we'll take a little pause. 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 I wonder if that's Amazon package. A couple tips for travel, I would say uh, contain what you're shooting and shoot strategically so you don't have a ton of footage to sort through and kind of think about, you know, where are you going, what would be some cool segments like time lapses, are you traveling from point A to point B, you know, like get some time lapses along the way, maybe a little bit of talking points along the way shoot some footage of the epic thing you're going to do and you know if you can get a story in there and like kind of tell the audience a message and really deliver your message at the end of that adventure i think that's a good method yeah if you look at our older travel videos it was more just kind of like just kind of like splurging whatever we thought like stop like it's just kind of like a a montage of the trip right and now like uh like the most recent one we put out was called obsession as a climbing I was gonna video. Say, is that the rock the rock, rock climbing one? one yeah and what we did with that one was 
we used a friend's uh, Instagram post, like the description of what he wrote, and he read it, and that kind of carried the whole story. Right. And to me, like that is just like so much more entertaining to watch when there's like some sort of story behind it. Yeah, I think too with, like. I think that's where I came up with the rum tum is you guys do a really good job of balancing music with mm -hmm. what's going on and kind of like that one that you're talking about by having that kind of like that epic build up music but then also having that narrator right um, which I work with a lot with uh, authors like doing their marketing and stuff and mm -hmm. so many authors are just killing themselves making this shitty little you know uh, uh, stock photo iMovie trailer for their thing with no words, no nothing. Yeah. And get that epic little dun 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 beat. And you're like, I'm bored after two seconds of that. Yeah. Like, read. Like, give me a voice, give me a face. Like you're saying, like, visual is great, but without a story or without some sort of something to keep you into it, why am I going to keep watching it? You yeah. Know? I think beyond uh, just the, um, the shooting aspect too, we are like, we kind of like pick our budget before we leave mm -hmm. and we are like crazy about making it as cheap as possible. Right. So we're always trying to cook as much food as we can, uh, making sure that we're completely self-sustainable. I don't want to have to ask Mark for anything. Right. I don't want Mark to ask me for anything. You're like, even like toothpaste, you know, it's just like, Yeah, if you break your leg, you're on your own. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but being, being like super travel savvy and, and being like self-sustaining on the road is like, is huge. And that's how we can like, I mean, last year, one of our trips was like 22 days or something. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, just being self-sustaining and the same goes with me, you asked about gear a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you really don't need a whole lot on the road. Handheld works pretty good. Handheld drone, GoPro, that's all I have in my bag, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Every time I travel, I am like, I need less, I need Take less, I need less. 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 Yeah. For sure. Especially like clothes and stuff too. It's like, if you're going on a seven day trip, you do not need seven sets of clothes. You don't need a ton of clothes. We like limit the clothing. Yeah. You don't need, you know, seven day trip, a pair of pants, right. you know, good jackets, be definitely warm enough, but like yeah. you don't need seven shirts. That's no, <laughs> yeah, I started bringing like less and less cotton, stuff that I can quick dry because I'll wash my clothes in people's mm -hmm. sinks. Yeah, like straight up, I'm, not a, I'm not a good messenger this today, but I'm looking <laughs> down, but like, I used to love polo, I still love polo, but as I've gotten older and done more adventure stuff, Columbia makes the best fucking clothing in the world. Dude, it's pretty affordable too. Yeah, Columbia's like I've got this raincoat that I think, it, I bought it in Seattle, it was, I don't know, 150 bucks maybe, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's not cheap for a coat, but this thing, no matter what temperature, it's great. It's got the little, like, uh, uh, NASA lining on the inside. Yeah, that, uh, that uh, silver lining. Yeah, that little shiny, yeah. reflective type stuff. And, like, no matter if it's 20 or 40, like, you're comfortable. Like, yeah. to buy that one coat that also, like, bundles up and you roll it and, like, fits inside the hood. Yeah. Like, to have a couple pieces of clothing like that or, like, the same type of material with pants. Like, yeah. you get two pairs of those and you're good for a week unless you shit yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Once again, you wear, if you have those quick drying underwear, dude. Right. Just wipe Wash that shit off in someone's sink, you're good to go, dude. Absolutely. Um, I want to knock off another one of the segments. We're going to change this. We do this with uh, musicians a lot. I call it dis discography discussions. Mm -hmm. Since you guys, I mean, you make music, but you're more known for your video. Yeah. I want to go a little bit more of a deep dive into a couple different of your uh, YouTube videos that kind of okay, that I watched, fun. I liked, and I kind of want to see a little bit more of, like, what did we not see of it? Yeah. Um, the first one is one of the most epic ones that you guys have done that, again, is why more people haven't watched this one I don't get is. What is the backstory behind the tiny igloo home? How long did that take to make? I was like, so pumped who, you asked who, that. Who's, whose idea was the tiny igloo?
guys. I'm gonna give you a tour of our igloo tiny home. Let me just get changed out of the snowboarding gear real quick. Get in here. Start out here first. Two and a half days digging that out. How? I, th I think we had it up. It was like, like, well, it wasn't just me and Sam. It was like three to four other friends at different yeah. times helping us dig. I think it was like thirty man hours. Yeah, That's it was huge that. though. So from the stair, from you if you're like standing, a thirty foot slide, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The slide that stopped <laughs> went from the top and then out to the bottom. There's a cool courtyard. There's like multiple pissers. There's like a there's a staircase that led up, uh -huh. but if you were standing at the bottom of the staircase up, it was like 13 feet tall or something. That's crazy. Yeah, it was insane, man. We slept in there. Yeah, we slept and partied in it one night. It was fun. We had a big campfire outside. And, and was that just at a resort or where was this? <laughs> no, it's it was in the back country. On the side of the road. Yeah, it was on Ure Pass. Okay. Uh, no, Mollus Pass. Mollus Pass. It was like Colorado. a trailhead. Yeah, it was like a trailhead. There's a little parking lot there. Colorado is almost all national forest, and you're allowed to camp anywhere. Okay. So. That's one yeah. thing, like being from Ohio. Like I'm so anywhere that I travel throughout the country, I'm so anal about where I park my car and where I sleep. Yeah, because you're like, just gonna get bothered by the cops no yeah, matter what you do. You know? Absolutely. It's so annoying here. Yeah, it's one thing I could definitely <laughs> like to see change here. <laughs> I, I, I have a similar story to you. I had, I was sleeping in my car in PA. Um, I was actually doing like a little camping trip and I had two different cops within like 10 minutes come and knock my window. It's like, like, get, me get the fuck out of here. I just <laughs> talked to you. <laughs> like, don't, don't you guys do reports? Isn't like, when I had it, it's like, did nobody go on the radio to run Ohio plates and then when the other guy got behind me and I think, huh, that's probably the same silver Kia with you Ohio think? plates yeah. that we just heard on the radio. Yeah. But yeah, that was, it's way, way more likes. That, yeah. Well, that Igloo well, video was, was crazy though, man. That was... I like that. That was one of those videos where it like went from being like about the igloo to like we just kind of started ad living. Right. And how did the, the Santa Claus suit get in there? I'm sure you guys aren't bringing Santa Claus suits for every. <laughs> we brought the Santa Claus suit for actually a different video yeah. concept. Um, it was kind of like a Christmas story uh, video we were gonna shoot for like next Christmas, like a mm -hmm. holiday video. Yeah. And we didn't end up doing that. But we were like, hey, we got a Santa suit. Yeah, yeah. Throw Santa in. Caleb was down to be. It was Santa. a random, stupid video, you know. But I love how it, it turned from, like, I lo I've <laughs> never seen like a Cribs parody where like the the host hates the cameraman. Like I thought right. that was so funny. <laughs> you like do that. I in. think that's kind of why I decided <laughs> to bring this one in here. Once you're like self-sufficient, you're like, no, dude, that's the last beer. You can't have that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keeps offering stuff and then taking right. it away. Yeah, that, that was definitely one of the more unique. Like you said, like. I didn't even think about it until you said cribs, like it didn't click, but every, yeah. as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, they had the mannerisms, they had the tone, they had everything. Yeah, yeah, totally. I had made a couple cribs back in like high school in our video class, and you know, that character is a little inspired in me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next question kind of comes from, I'm going to kind of bunch a, a couple of them together. You guys will jump off any fucking cliff that you can find, <laughs> I think. Um, how does one go about finding a safe and good place to cliff jump? You always, so scuba, or snorkel masks, <clears throat> snorkel, uh, face mask and snorkel are always in our bags. Okay. Because we love swimming, especially finding clear water. So you always send someone down below and you dive down, you make sure if you can't see, um, if you can't see the bottom, 
we'll get multiple people and we'll do like multiple dives and make sure there's no obstacles. You gotta go real deep, you know, yeah. you're just feeling around and make sure there's nothing in the water. Yeah, the in the water, yeah, you just gotta make sure there's nothing there. So you're always checking, you never, ever, ever jump without checking the water and knowing what's under. Yeah. I, I would think that, but that's one of those like... Some people think people don't do it. Well, I was gonna say, I think being that you guys make a lot of different videos of things like that, I think that might be a cool angle to kind of hit like, you want to make a cool cliff jumping video? Not only this is how you film it, but like this is how you live to fucking edit it. Right, right. <laughs> like, I think that could be a really cool angle. Yeah, yeah. I just don't see the daredevil showing like, look, there's a lot of thought and preparing behind this. You see us doing flips and jumping over things. Yeah. But, like this is how we learn how to flip. This is like kind yeah. of running that backstory. I think could be a good angle. You know the what you just said is the the most common. Um, response we get to the videos we make is people are like you need to make more like DIY like how how did you make these videos right. so we've been taking that into account for our new yeah there's a videos. um I'm gonna I'll, I'll fix it in post but it's F J H or F J K photography it's uh -huh. a photography page that I've fallen in love with as I'm trying to learn a how to use my gear and kind of learn different things but they'll take their the, it'll always be a carousel post the first one is just this gorgeous whatever the subject is, oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. And then you swipe one and then you're like, this is the aperture, this is the light balance, this is the equipment. And then like you slide and then it'll be labeled of what everything is. So like you see there what you they're making, but then it's also like, and again, they're posting like once or twice a week because it takes so much time to show that behind the scenes. Yeah. To be able to see, oh, all right. So they have that thing covering the light only a little bit to make nothing back here. Like yeah. it allows not only the entertainment right off the gate, but the education, and that's kind of the key to content is what I've learned, is finding that balance of, ooh, education, entertainment. Yeah. Like if you could find that Venn diagram and get like dead in the middle of there, that's I think smart, that's, man. I like that's that. where you're hitting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, a couple more, I, just, I don't know if you guys saw, I shared this one earlier um, today. I was trying not to, I watched a ton of shit in the last couple of days, and I was trying not to like too many things, so you'd be like, oh look, he's just <laughs> fucking killing, he's done all of these things. Um, the Sam Fox automobile video. My favorite song of the week, without a doubt, like yeah. the song by itself, and anything with dogs driving a jeep, uh -huh. <laughs> it wins. Um, walk me behind, kind of. You had a whole bunch of different. Was that shot here? How did that video come about? I'll let Mark take this because I was cinematographer. Mark directed that video, though. Uh, nice. For that video, it was actually a uh, entry for the road reel competition, and Braxton from the band Sam Fox came to us with this idea and basically his idea was like I think it'd be cool if like you know I was hanging out with my homies in the band but it was like dogs instead of us right. and that's kind of all we had and we ran with it so we gathered up all the dogs we could amongst <laughs> our friends and, and signed uh, them to each person <clears throat> I think yeah. I definitely saw some of your dogs in there right yeah some, some starring roles for your dogs too. I think that was a kind of preferential treatment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we were trying to get dogs that were like fitting for like different characters, mm -hmm. I guess. And they had to be good with other dogs and be good, like pretty good dogs. Right. Yeah. Too. So it's well, like, just take any dog, you know? Sounds um, like you guys should have called uh, Josh and be like, hey man, uh, what dogs are doing good at the doggy place? <laughs> that was before that, but Josh before did that. help us on that video. Nice. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, we, we try to like cast them based on like their appearance and like colors, kind of, right. you know. But uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. How'd it you, was how'd difficult. You, how'd you guys make it look like the dog was driving the car? Push the car. Uh, yeah, we okay. had the car in neutral and I mean, it was many takes, but just trying to get the dog to stay put. So I was on a skateboard <laughs> right? sitting with the camera and I had someone pushing me and then we had someone push the car. There's well, actually like a four, great- Four people will probably push the car. Yeah, there's a great behind the scenes video of that because part of the contest was we had to make a behind the scenes video. Okay. I think I missed, our, I missed behind the scenes. Yeah, oh, you should check it out. Did we upload that? Yeah. Oh, did we do? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. I didn't see it, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it's there. It's a cool video. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't watched that one in a while. I, I think that one too, that was, uh, scroll downwards, that was a couple years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it's on YouTube for sure. I, I mean, Our I buddy YouTube, edited it for us. Like, to me, that's kind of like, you guys beat the TikTok trend of how everybody does the like, boom frame, and then kind of like comes in a different uh -huh. outfit. Yeah. You guys went boom frame and the lady just turned into a dog. Yeah, know, like yeah, yeah so that's much fun. better than, you know, some little valley girl be like, oh, look, now I look like I don't have makeup on. Like, get out of here with yeah, that shit. That was a super fun video, though. And that was like a 16-hour shoot, though. We did we shot the yeah, entire video in one day. No, no, we there was one other day. The studio session was a different yeah. day. Yeah. Um, another kind of lump them together, because another thing that I really like that you guys do is your, kind of I mentioned before, educational pieces of uh, the... Polish boy challenge, the the, the burger challenge. Mm -hmm. um, how how does somebody make a good review video of a restaurant or a comparison between different um, retail entities? Because I mean, you guys nailed it. You guys made it look like you could actually go into Hot Sauce Williams and eat. Yeah, you did. But like nobody I know would ever go in there and eat it. Yeah, it's a, like it's you a get dump, it and you it's go. A dump inside yeah. there. For yeah, sure. absolutely. It was, it, that was, Mark directed that show too. That was a, a show called Hot, or uh, not Hot Ones, obviously, Tomato Tomato. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. We have a bunch of episodes unedited too. I, yeah, we shot four more episodes. Uh, we kind of just have that show on a little hiatus right now. We're just trying to figure out how to efficiently make it, but um, just some tips. Like, we got to a point, you know, we shot a couple episodes and we're like, you know what? We need to shoot two episodes at once. So we started shooting two episodes in one day. See, I, I was thinking of something like that. When I was sitting here and you were doing all those things there, I was like, if if they could just bring in, you know, a couple different foods and have everything set up, and then, you know, obviously, even if you change clothes and make it look like you did it different. That's yeah. what we would do. We change clothes. Yeah, we bring Man, two outfits. I'm learning my magic. Yeah. <laughs> it only yeah, took, it only took having one magician on the show to figure out how people do the magic. <laughs> that was more about. I think if the show was only me and Sam, we wouldn't necessarily do it that way. But because right. we had that third person, right. my friend Vaughn. Who's My wife somehow the loves him, by the way. That was one of those weird things. I was like, oh, check yeah. out check out this video. Everyone, a lot of people know mine. Yeah. Right? I go at, anywhere I go in Cleveland, he like knows people, especially if it's like food involved. Yeah, right? he's, he's a chef. So. He's a chef. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I loved that one. And the other, uh, the, you guys made me, I th used to think Instacart, was, I never really used it, but I was like, this is a great <laughs> idea. After watching your little takedown of Instacart, I was like, these people are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Like, I like it. I like oh, the yeah. idea. I love Aldi, but that's lying. Yeah, <laughs> it is shady. pretty shady. It's, shady. it's, it's like charge for those of you that haven't seen it. Um, if you want to give a quick explanation of it, well, basically, you pay a fee to have uh, groceries delivered to you from Aldi, mm -hmm. but they're also upcharging all the groceries online. But they don't tell you that. It, it like well, small like twenty to thirty percent on a couple of things. It seemed. Too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like quite a bit, you know. It adds up to like several dollars per 
time you buy groceries. But yeah. the small print says like prices may vary in store, but you're kind of just like, yeah, sure, they might vary like a little bit, but right. not like you're upcharging me on everything. It's like, after you're already paying a fee. To yeah, do 25 it. cents to the 50 cents, it's like, you know, do one or the other in my opinion. Like upcharge everything sure. and don't charge a fee, or charge a fee and the groceries are the same price. We are, we're working on an app, a couple Apple videos here coming out soon too, so. You watch out for those. Found the behind the scenes. The Sam Fox? Yeah. Check out the one that, the one that doesn't have the, the full red bars. Yeah. Is the CLD one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got some some takedown Apple videos coming out here soon too, so. Yeah, we got yeah, some dirt on Apple. Yeah. I not want this anymore? No, I love Apple. I still things. love Apple, but yeah. some shady things. Kind of like how they're uh, intentionally slow your shit down after a while and all those type of things? Or? Uh, no, they tried to rob me of $1,100 two weeks ago Ooh. for a, a computer part that was not broken. Ooh. But everyone's telling me it was broken until I pulled out a charger in, in the Genius <laughs> Bar and was like, oh, how is my uh, logic board broken and my computer's turning on? Right, that, yeah. those two don't go together. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was very story. shady, yeah. We had a brand new iPhone 11 Pro yeah. And I was making a review video about it. Uh -huh. Out of the box, it was one of the first ones to like have one, you know? And it started scratching up the screen so bad. Within like two days, it was just like absolutely like it was destroyed. was an iPhone 1 or something. With like yeah. micro scratches. Scratch up worse than my like 6S that I've had for four years. <laughs> yeah. And I literally wasn't doing anything to it, you know? I'm like, what the hell? This screen is supposed to be scratch resistant. Right. I had to go into the store like four times before they like replaced it. They kept trying to like get me to buy Apple Care. Well, look at this one, dude. I've had this one for you know since November. It's not very no scratched up. That's that's smooth. Yeah, we're doing. So there was something. There was something wrong. <laughs> that's with, with that and that's one. with like the heavy duty unbreakable screen protector. Right. I broke it in four places. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped getting that's if Apple could just make a screen that could withstand a drop from here to that floor, it would be fantastic. Yeah, right. You know, they'll get like, there. They'll get there, I guess. That was one of my best kind of cut frames. Like I was saying earlier, it was kind of weird for me being on camera for a while. I did the uh, podcast awards. Um, our buddy Scuff won one and Cabin. You guys know Cabin? Mm -hmm. Cabin won uh, most views for last season. Oh, nice. Um, but I'm doing an unboxing video. I don't do many of them. And I was like, but this would be good content for the awards ceremony, you know, because the award was I made mugs. Kind of like. Oh, cool. I don't like non-functional shit for myself, you know? So like, I was like, yeah. I was playing around with like the little 3D printer things at the library and I was like, I don't really like how any of this is turning out. I was like, I did a big order of mugs for a customer and I was like, I'm gonna make a functional award. As soon as I try to open up the thing, it just drops from like here to the floor and I just look at the camera just like, <laughs> like, I gotta buy a new one now. Like, yeah. like I didn't even look down to see anything, but I'm like, I had a schedule that him and Casey were coming over in like three days to like, take uh, the awards up. Yeah, yeah. I looked down and I was like, oh, it's not broken. Thank God for carpet. <laughs> wow. You know, like then I've dropped my iPhone from the, like my sitting down in my coupe of my car to the ground. And you're like, oh, yeah. one foot to shatter the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The, uh, the last one I wanted to do was you guys, um, what's the name of, what's the name of your lights? The little square ones? They're called scorpion lights. Um, I don't feel like that's the... Oh, the Loom Cubes. Loom Cubes. Loom Cubes, yeah. Um, you guys had... Uh, how, did, how did that happen of them sending you Loom Cubes? Did you guys reach out to them? Did they find your videos? So, how, how did that happen? So I found Loom Cube... I was like advertised to them years ago and mm -hmm. I bought one. And it was awesome because I loved how... It's waterproof and right. I do a lot of diving and stuff. Um, and then... 
think yeah. eventually they I reposted. Re oh yeah, they reposted a, a Skeleton Studios post. It was like old. Okay. They reposted it one day, and we were stoked because it got like a bunch of views on their Instagram. And then right. I just mess like messaged them. I was like, "Hey, you guys reposted this. We love your product. Could you send your new product, and we'll compare it to your old one?" Mm -hmm. And they did, and then we've just been ambassadors ever since. That's awesome. We actually have a um, review of the Loom Cube 2 coming out. I'm a little late on it right now, but <laughs> the Loom Cube 2 is coming out soon on our channel, hopefully. Nice. Um, we really love the product, and our audience and YouTube responded like really well to it, too. Right. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's always that interesting thing of people, you know, everybody wants to be that YouTube celebrity, that YouTube star, that sponsored ad, yeah. you know, all those things. But you guys put in, you know, thousands and thousands of hours before the first person sends you something. And so many yeah. people don't see that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. And you got to reach out to, you can reach out to companies and you got to have something to show for it. You know, you have to have work to show. Right. And then maybe they will send you something. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you guys kind of touched on that in a few of your videos of, you know, if we were too afraid to put something out, we wouldn't have got to this point. But yeah. we keep working, we keep trying new things, and you know, by the grace of you made something of content about something you liked. Yeah. Two years later, however long ago it was, that brand saw it and was like, oh yeah. That yeah. that post that they posted was from a scuff music scuff mix of music video too. Nice. Things oh, things just like seemingly kind of stack up. Right. You know, you take a free music video that you got to make with a friend. You, I didn't know how I was gonna get this one shot. I needed like underwater, so I rig a loom right. cube to it. They repost it. I tell them, and then before you know it, they send us every new product they put out. Right, it's pretty cool. Was that dive? Which one was that? Dive, yeah. Um, so another camera trick that I'm really interested in. I think it was the dive one. Um, yeah. Was it? How did you get Scuff to fly out of the garbage can so much? Was there like a stool in there? Like, I'm, I'm do you like, know Jr? Do you know his friend JR? No. So we had a human being inside of that garbage can. Okay. And then Casey, Casey like on his stood on his time. shoulders and we launched him out. Okay. Yeah. Cause like you could, you could tell like the one way, like you guys just like reverse the film or whatever. Yeah. Like when he goes like back into it. Um, Wait, when he goes into, no, 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 it's nothing's reversed. So when I'm he goes- I'm thinking of something else. But like in my head, I was like, how do they get him boosted so much? I figured there had to be something he jumped off of. Yeah, so, so now there's a human in so much. There's a human in both. Okay. Uh, when he went into the trash can, there was someone in there- uh, Grabbing him. Grabbing him. Okay. Yeah, and he also had a light in there. And then it was JR. And then, yeah, to eject him, we had him in there too. That's awesome. And that also helped Case, we like, so we'd like load JR down, and Case would get in, and then I'd put all the newspapers in, and Case would hold him, and then, like, action and it'd be like oh Casey would like flip around and land on his back and be like oh and I'd be like oh no new take new take we could see Jr's hand same with, <laughs> same with going into the garbage can slamming on top of Jr I'm like oh that was awkward you gotta yeah. do it again oh man and that's the same one where you, I think it was you that kept following him into the water right jumping yeah. off the pier yeah we had to do that a few takes too and uh, how do you know like you're doing these things multiple takes as the director as the creatives. How do you know when like that's the take? You feel it. Yeah, you feel it. It's kind of you just done enough in post and everything else to kind of know how that could adapt or things like that. It's good yeah. to review your footage, you know, make sure it looked how you right. really wanted it to. Usually when you're jazzed on it though, it's it's the one. Right. You know? Just, yeah. Just that feeling of like, all right, there it is. Yeah, especially especially with that video too, it was really easy to know when I had a take because we storyboarded it so well. Right. Like I actually have in my archives over there, um, dive. Um, in drawn out format, mm -hmm. and it's sweet because you can just like flip through it and like see the the video. Yeah, I really and it's like stick the behind the scenes stick video of it. Yeah. yeah, 
We did like a lot of them on Casey's channel. Yeah, that's what we did like four behind the scenes videos or something. Yeah, I, your and his, I'm pretty thorough on the, the discography. Where his, I was like, as soon as you guys are getting the benefit of this too, as soon as I make the article, I mean the, the podcast, there's also the article component of it too. Oh, okay. Or on collinsconversations.com, I kind of do a write up of like, this was my experience either doing oh, cool. the podcast. Or um, like that varies like based on the guest. Like yeah. this will be more involved because you know like I had to leave the house. So like it's the whole thing. Like this is what the studio is about. But right, like, right. giving the whole idea behind my marketing philosophy with Colin can help and everything is getting everything that you can into as many mediums as you can. Telling the mm -hmm. same story in audio and video, and then I'll write the story out. You know, kind of. Yeah. That way, no matter which way you like to learn or take in entertainment, like I'm hitting that box somewhere. Yeah. So totally. you know, you might not have time to you know however many hours of footage we end up getting out of this. Like you might not have time to watch all that. But if right. you could just read a quick three hundred word synopsis, which also then has a, a playlist of all the skeleton videos or you know different things that you guys have done. Yeah. Like to me, my goal with podcasting is a lot of the like Casey's a perfect example. I, I guarantee, as long as the dude doesn't get hit by a truck. He's doing huge fucking things in the music industry. Like, oh yeah, each two months he gets levels that you didn't even know that were coming. Yep. Where in years, once you know, hundreds and thousands of people are going to go look for him or Kevin or you guys or any of that. When you see that Collins conversation had them well before they were on, mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. like, look, like that's what the show's about. Yep. Creatives, entrepreneurs, like this is how they got their start. Yeah, like, absolutely. It might only have a hundred videos today, but if it hits a thousand in a year yeah or whatever you know like it's it's stocks you see grow content you're like one day that's going to hit like yeah i spent the time i didn't get paid to make that video but like one day that's either going to hit monetarily wise or open the door to be like i was listening to this song and i really like the way you film an interview or yeah. whatever you know yeah it's huge man that, that just that happened like two times last week with instagram posts like two-year-old instagram posts right got picked up and were reposted we had we got posted by Shitty Rigs, which is one of my favorite <laughs> Instagram accounts, and it was so dope, dude. We posted uh, we posted it two years ago, mm -hmm. and it just got picked up the other day because of hashtags. Right. And it's just like so cool, man. We saw like saw like famous people liking our posts. I was like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Whether posts do well or not, you're always dialing in your craft, you know. Absolutely. So it's like keep making, keep creating. You're always gonna be getting better. That's yeah. what we always you know are thankful for. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of, I want to get a little bit into that in the business end of it for this last little portion of it. Um, you mentioned earlier you guys are using Final Cut. Um, uh -huh. I see a whole bunch of gear here. Uh, if somebody was going to be in the shoes you were years ago and, and you were going to put together a content creator starter kit. Ooh, I'm all into this kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you could pick any budget that you want, but you guys have lived these shoes so you understand what's feasible for people. Yeah. Um, but Tell people if you were going to put together just a, a regular content kit, you know, what, what would it be in both software and hardware wise? I would immediately take a loan out and get your computer, mm -hmm. whether you had the money or not. Try to put down a good chunk. Well, even better advice, without taking a loan out, you could get a credit card and do a 0% interest, 18-month oh, yeah, financing. Yep. And Bar Barclay, thank you, Barclay. Yep. Get a and Barclay if, card and get <laughs> yourself an Apple computer. If you can't get approved, get your get somebody who can help you to get, get it working on that's huge I, I was so i was telling you i had that imac and my wife was just so mad at me and you know always complaining about she's like just you've got credit like go get, get go get one and i was yep. like 
all right, I'm gonna apply for the Apple credit card, but I'm thinking in my head, like I'd already had a little bit of debt from our wedding and things. I'm like, yeah. they should say no, and that should just kind of put that at bay. Oh, they'll and, give it to you. And then I was like, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, and I even like way underbid on like my income for the year and everything. And they're yeah. like, here's $2,500. You're like, you knew, All right. my, you knew my cart was at $2,400. <laughs> yeah. That's why you gave me that extra little tax wiggle. Yeah, but yeah, that's the first thing though, because that saves you time. If you're working on an old machine, it's gonna, you're, it's gonna be frustrating, you're gonna get angry, it's gonna waste your time. So right. computer's the first thing. Now are we going with a laptop or would you push somebody to go towards a desktop? Laptop. I think for, yeah, I would push laptop too, but I think it depends on the kind of content you're making and kind of lifestyle you live. We yeah. travel a ton, we like to work on the go right. and whatnot, so that's why mm -hmm. a laptop makes sense for us. But I did have a desktop prior to my laptop. Mm -hmm. It was frustrating to me because I, I wanted to move it a lot, but at the time we had our office in my attic, right. it was great, it, it was working out. So if, sure. you're, yeah, if you're a homebody, you can you get a lot more bang for your buck with the, with the desktop. Right? Yeah, it can be more powerful for the similar amount of money. So we have our Apple. I mean, that gets you you know GarageBand and gets you iMovie things yeah. like that. If, um, you, if you don't know how to edit, iMovie is a good place to start. I still love iMovie. Like I've, I've learned a lot about Premiere mm -hmm. in the last year, and uh, I still use iMovie to c do my basic cuts. I, I feel yeah. like it's a lot easier to like cut and zoom in that and then take it into Premiere to kind of throw more effects or more yeah. blur to it. I would go, I think it's 99, no, it's 199 bucks to get Final Cut. The only reason why, I think like Mark said, it's it can be good to start on iMovie, but you develop a lot of bad habits right. and it'd be better, in my opinion, to just start right off the rip with the Final Cut. For sure. YouTube is a great educational resource. You can search YouTube, around YouTube yeah. and find someone that you like you like the way they teach, you yeah. like the way their videos are. You know, people love Peter McKinnon for the Adobe side of things. Right. Um, so that would be Premiere. But you could also find someone that does the Final Cut side of things like uh, DSLR shooter. Oh yeah, Caleb Pike. Caleb Pike. Cool. Um, you, you know, but there's tons of people out there. Find yeah. whoever you like and educate yourself, you know, one step at a time. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just going to say camera-wise. I was just going to go in that piece by piece. Okay, yeah, um, for sure. So, I yeah, mean, go we're going content-wise. I mean, oh, me, yeah, yeah. Me, being a, me being a podcaster, I've realized there's a lot more value in also having a video version. Mm -hmm. um, and even, you know, like I said, I started off with a cell phone camera, moved up to the DSLR. You know, give me a couple more years, leaps and bounds, and I'll have all this cool shit that you guys got. I'm already right. taking notes. I'm like, I want it, I want it, I want it. <laughs> but, like... As far as a camera, so this is something that's good for vlogging, something that's good for also being able to use as a professional tool. Yeah. Um, where would you guys push people and are there any brands that you kind of stay away from or is there just a golden goat? I think if you give yourself a thousand dollar budget, you can go with any brand nowadays. Mm. It wasn't like this when we started, but now, I mean, anything's It's not really like good. the little DV tape that you first had? Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, Canon puts out a great image without doing much post-editing, Right. so I, I tend to push people towards that. You could get like a 80D or a 90D. By used, there's no, there's absolutely no reason to, to have new equipment. You could buy used or refurbished mm -hmm. if you're on a budget. Uh, and you were yeah. mentioning earlier that it's not necessarily the body that's important, but the lens. Um, yeah, get a good lens. How do you find a good lens? Ah, YouTube. <laughs> just kind of go through the reviews and see how yeah. people are using it and if it's the same applications that you want or yeah and they have different lenses for you know different camera bodies and you can get into converters and all that if you want 
But uh, just do your research, you know, there's definitely a general consensus online. Yeah. Certain lenses are like, hey, this is pretty affordable and really good for the price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this lens on this <clears throat> camera is called, it's the Sigma 18 to 35. And that's a $600 lens, which sounds a lot, but that is like, for what it gives you, right. there are people that put that lens on reds and shoot movies with it. That's crazy. Like that's how sharp and good it is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's a killer lens for sure, dude, 600 but bucks. Even with the camera body and lens, I would even give advice to people to start with your cell phone. Like yeah, the, the new iPhones, like even the XR, the iPhone 11, or even the X, um, they, they all have incredible cameras on them. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason you can't start with that. Right. And see if this is something that you really want to do. Yeah. Because right. it is very glorious to watch YouTubers and stuff. It is, you know, it's, it's glorified. I mean, it, it's so much more work than you can imagine. Oh, I, I fully <laughs> I don't know nearly as much as you guys, but just from the basic of filming two guys sitting in my fucking living room, like, yeah, you know, like it's an hour, you see an hour video here, but you don't see the eight to 10 hours that I put every I time, every time that you saw you look at the camera, me be like, all right, he looked at the camera now, we should go dead on him, or you know, right. trying to transition, every time a beat goes, to yeah. have it flip on that, like, yeah. what did you say, every three seconds you watch, you know, two minutes worth? or give or take, I mean, I'm sure it changes on the project, but the amount of time that goes into it is, unless you've made them, you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah, for cameras and lenses, man, just do a little bit of research, they're all good now. Like, mm -hmm. it didn't used to be like that, but like, every camera company is putting out good, good stuff. Yeah, save your money, take an account of dropping schedules for cameras too, like, if it is September and you know that a whole line of new cameras it's yeah. about to come out in a month for right. the brand you're looking at. Wait, you don't necessarily have to buy the new one, but the, the one you're looking at is gonna drop in price. Kind of like the car lot, you don't wanna go buy that 2019 model in December? No, yeah, exactly, exactly. that's exactly it. Absolutely, and uh, you mentioned before, kind of something that I've quickly learned is that lighting is almost more important than the camera itself. Mm -hmm. um, I first started off using a fucking, like the Walmart, like three click, you know, like our living room light and yeah. kind of like just angling it down to putting it on people and things yeah. like that. And then I've upgraded to two, uh, is it newer? N-E-E-W-E-R? Yeah. Um, I uh, felt I, so good when I saw that you had a bag over there that had the same brand. I was yeah. like, at least I got something. <laughs> but um, I got two soft. They make affordable stuff. Yeah, sure. it, it's kind of just that original thing that I wanted to try out. Like I went to uh, Invasion Studios and did a couple interviews there yeah. with a couple guys and they had the, the same set that I bought and same, Kind of like the lav mic thing. Yeah. I like called up Adi. I was like, hey, I've filmed twice there now. I love the results I'm getting from your lights. Like, send me the link. Right. And I'm so happy to find out that that two set was like seventy five dollars. Yeah. So like, I could do that. Right. Um, is lighting different for all applications, or is there kind of just a universal piece? Kind of that first collector thing. Um, where did you kind of spend your first initial lighting money? Did well. First off, like, like. Like crap, you know, we didn't talk about Crybaby Ridge, but that was one of our first um, like film videos we put out. Yeah, we shot that on tap lights, so we like made our own. Oh, light. Sure. We took, yeah, we took like those the little LED tap lights. Yeah, that you like click them in. Right. Yeah, we did that, and then we put a diffuser on, batteries. powered by battery, and we did like four of them. Okay. Now that worked all right. It was a pain in the ass though, you know. Right. So yeah, yeah over very time consuming, annoying. They yeah. were turning off, and you have to change batteries sometimes, but like. 
you can do things on a budget, DIY style. It just like really depends on how much money you have to spend, like how invested are you in this? Like I'll take things step by step, you know, and you know, make don't don't just go out and spend like five thousand dollars on stuff. Absolutely. You haven't made yeah. any movies yet. For you sure. Know? Diffuse lighting though too. That's yeah. like just diffuse stuff. Like you see those I don't know, the audience can't see that, but there's some like China balls over there. Uh -huh. You can get China balls for like a dollar a piece. You pop in an LED bulb and you put three points of lighting there and you're, you're gonna look great on it. And then there's the so many options in lighting. What's, uh, what's the material that you put that little clear thing over the lights to add color? Was that uh, just... gel? It's called a gel. Gel? Yeah. yeah, gels are cheap too. You can get a whole pack of them for like 22 bucks. Right? Yeah, but um, diffuse light really makes um, blemishes in the face and stuff look better. This is like extremely diffused right now. Mm -hmm. So having like really hard shadows from one direct source of light, it'll. Kind of. Right. Yeah, but this once again, if you're trying to start off, there's not a better time ever in the world. Like the the reason why we did like tap lights and stuff is because there wasn't any good battery option then. That was right. in 2015, and now it's just like the market's flooded with them. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and what about drones? Because that's to me that's something that really separates the yeah. uh, enthusiast from the professional is being able to cut in. Uh, you know, you guys got the skylines of you know. Cleveland or yeah. Chicago, where you get you're hiking and you get the full woods picture. Um, I've seen drones as low as forty dollars. I've seen them forty thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, what is the best way to spend your drone money? Uh, DJI only, in my opinion. That's a <laughs> brand. DJI is a brand. Yeah, it's a Chinese, gotcha. like a Chinese Apple, almost. They're huge. Okay. Um, they have two drones out that are worth buying that are under five hundred bucks. There's okay. the Mavic um, Mavic Mini. Which is what I'd go for. It's four hundred dollars, three ninety nine. It's excellent. It'll get you beautiful shots. It's tiny. It's not a huge good investment. Thing to learn with. Yeah, good thing to learn with. It learn with. You can do hundreds of hours on it. If it crashes, you can send it in for repair for probably a hundred bucks. Nice. So it's not like it's gone. Right. Like we have crashed. We have sent DJI drones in over and over and over again, and our bill is like two hundred bucks. Nice. You crashed a twenty two hundred dollar drone, and they send you a two hundred dollar bill, and it's like wow. I'm talking about like you know, not pieces. even always doing yeah. Bucks. I'm talking about in pieces too. Sometimes like you like it'll be 120 bucks, <laughs> and it's like the camera's hanging off, legs broken. Yeah, like, wow. I dropped a drone a couple years ago mm -hmm. from 60 feet, and the camera was like 10 feet away from the drone. And wow. It was like that's crazy. Bucks. But yeah, and then there's another one called the Spark, and that one's a little bit cheaper. Um, doesn't have as many features, but yeah, DJI is the way to go. And is there a big learning curve of using them? I mean, you guys make the footage look super smooth and everything, is that? It's like playing a video game. Over time, you get good at it. It's like playing Call of Duty or something. Gotcha. Like straight up. If you're looking at a screen, it's a One controller. you understand the controls, no. like, okay. Yeah. Just watch out for obstacles, you know? Watch out for power lines <laughs> yeah. and trees. Like, those are your biggest obstacles. Are there any, like, uh, regulations on flying them in different areas or anything like that? That's the one reason why you'd want the Mavic Mini too. You're, uh, it's underneath the weight limit to okay. be, you still have to obey laws, but you can't, it doesn't have to be um, licensed underneath the FAA. Okay. So I'd recommend that one for starting off for sure. But yeah, you gotta know your limits. You can't fly under, over 300 feet. There's you can't a lot. fly over people, you can't fly over cars. Yeah. But like, you can, yourself yeah, you can fly trouble. on the side of the road for sure. Is there any like, how do they enforce stuff like that? Is just if the right officer's having a bad day and they see you or? They don't have yeah, time to really know the laws that much. But if you get, if you run into a sticky situation where you injured someone with a drone, like they could see the shit out of you. Yeah. So, 
You don't want to be a jackass. If you want to profit from droning, you need to get your commercial pilot's license. It's called the Part 107 FAA drone license. That sounds like fully official. You guys have that? Yeah. Yeah, it is very official. You have to take like a pilot's test. It's like it's actually the, the lowest level pilot's uh, license that you can get to play yeah, a, to play really, a video game. That's yeah, right. you know. Yeah, yeah you've been doing that since 1992 <laughs> every day. Yeah, but if you want to accept money and transaction okay. legally, you have to have that in the U.S. And are you guys doing anything like selling stock footage of stuff like that, or kind of just all keeping it in the vault for yourself? Uh, mostly just to clients on specific projects, okay. but I think we will be. Um, when we, on our next camera system, we're probably going to make a big push with uh, getting our stock footage up on multiple websites. Yeah, 8K is getting really popular right now. So It's, it's amazing how fast technology goes fast, yeah, isn't it's it? It's crazy, right? Like I, I always go back to when I started selling computers at Micro Center. A 1 gig flash drive, USB 2.0 back then, I think. Yep. People thought it was a deal that the Micro Center brand was like twenty dollars. I remember buying it because I have a ton of them. Yeah, and now you know the sixty-four gig card that's in my camera is like three dollars or whatever. See the terabyte ones that came out. Yeah, so. it's, it's crazy what storage yeah. can do nowadays. It's awesome. Um, the last, uh, before, the the last thing of the what you guys do, it's something that I'm interested in that I can't figure out how to do well at all is color correction. Mm -hmm. um, for an idiot that's just trying to really start to get into things, are there any? Um, like rules of thumb or just like how can somebody step their color correction game up? I would, I would mess with the exposure levels. Uh, I don't know if you can do that. Or I, I, don't, I don't know what it is in iMovie. But if you you're in like... You can't do much in iMovie at Yeah, all. if you're in like Premiere and um, Final Cut, uh, mess with your exposure levels, exposure levels a little bit to make things look right. Mm -hmm. You know, you can change your highs, your mids, and your, your darks. And make sure you do it at the beginning of your project, or just like if you're like mixing in a bunch of different things, you know, do all the footage of the one location at once, just and then you can together. apply it all at once, and then it won't be like all over the place in your right. timeline. I mean, Mark, for a podcast, it'll all be the same. Yeah, right. Mark's talking about post production too, but as far as pre production, um, you want to make sure your white balance is correct. So, like, if you and by correct, you kind of just want to like almost flat across the board instead of like random spikes. Well, no, like on your camera. So like right now this, so there's Kelvin is the color temperature of light. Mm -hmm. This light is like 5500, which is daylight, 5500K. Right. So you want your camera to be set at 5500K. Gotcha. Because then your camera science knows what to reference off of skin tones and all that gotcha. stuff. Gotcha. So if you're outside, you don't want it to be set on tungsten, you want it to be set at right. daylight. Okay. It's like how yellow to blue it is and how green to magenta it is. Yep. And then also a lot of cameras will allow you to make a custom setting. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you drop your sharpness and your contrast and right. your saturation to low so it's flat. And then when you put it into post, you can boost all that and have actual control over it. Gotcha. But the white balance is going to give you the best control at the start over your post-production. Yeah, so those are those little things that like, as soon as you learn a little bit of those, you're like, you're looking at all those gigabytes of footage that you have and you're like, uh, I should have done that shit all yeah, you guys. Yeah, I get oh. <laughs> It's crazy the amount of stuff you can learn, like us in year one, like, had no clue well, going us on. talking to year one version of us right now, we'd be like, what I'd be the like, hell are you talking <laughs> about, <right?" laughs> Yeah, it's like hundreds of hours of watching YouTube videos, man. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I've learned landscaping business. I've learned marketing business. I've learned any, like, I get so mad if anybody tells me they don't know how to do something. Yeah. Like, it, it almost starts to, like, get a rage and I'm like, I don't know how to do that either, but within 45 minutes, I could have 15 experts show me step by step of how to do that. Yeah. You know, like, and then I watch that, then I go try. Yeah. You know, like, I, I love YouTube, man. It's the best. Nice. No, with YouTube, the only thing that they're lacking, I don't know if you guys have ever tried to go like uh, car repair type things on YouTube, everybody making car repair shit is in the south or in the west. There's no, there's no, nobody making a video, all right, we're gonna put PV Blaster on this for about three days. Right, right. You know, like there's nobody like with yeah. any like real, like you're like, all right, that looks easy. You go outside, you're like, the underbody on my truck doesn't look like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you gotta figure something out. The Northeast yeah. Ohio, man, like underbody sprays or something. Man. I mean, they do that, and it still turns to shit. Yeah. The first time when I went out to uh, Seattle, I was looking at Dodge Ram pickup trucks, like thinking of how how can I take two doors off of one and put it on top of my Kia and go back across the country? Because <laughs> like the panels here, every tr you know, everyone has the same things rusted. I was like. If I just take all these side panels, I can make a killing back home. You gotta quit salt. You gotta figure something else yeah. besides salt. Like out west they do uh, sand. I don't know why we don't do sand. Yeah, I don't know why either. Like we have tons of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're getting like dunked on, you know? It's like, like Oh, let's maybe we can change that. Let's, there you let's go. start. Let's make a video. I, I made a tweet the other day. Um, I, I think you guys would be on board with this. A lot of uh, cop cars are SUVs now, right? Yeah. Why have you never seen a fucking plow on a cop SUV car? And I've seen people like it, it clicked one day when I watched somebody, sense. when I saw somebody get pulled over on this horrible snow day. I was like, instead of passing that guy, if you just put a salt rack on the back and a plow up front, because even if you had to chase somebody, plow them off the road at that point. <laughs> like, if you're just patrolling back and forth, there's no reason you know, to have these huge, huge trucks. Right. You got 15 cops, put them on, serve and protect, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the last thing I want to get your knowledge on before we get out of here, I know we've been running for a while. Um, you guys are independents, you're creatives, but you're also a business. Mm -hmm. um, it's something I'm really interested in, seeing how people both build the creative side and build the business side. Yeah. Um, what are you guys doing to get clients and to keep th this beautiful place open? Like, what's the best way that you guys go about getting Is it just people see your work and come into you, or do you have to do outreach? It's a mix of both, uh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, a little, little bit of both. It's definitely good to put work out there. That is definitely how we got our momentum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... You guys kind of start off doing free projects for people that turn into something else? Or, or even just, just doing creative projects. Yeah. And, but even if you're going to reach out to people, you have to have something to reference. Right. Otherwise, you're just like a page with text. Like, right. how are they going to yeah. trust you? And going the route we did too with the cre like very creative way was a lot slower than a normal business would grow, I think. Mm -hmm. We're not like necessarily super behind, but like scaling a lot slower because of we wanted to have an integrity with the work that we were doing. Right. So like saying no or or not continuing work with certain people because we didn't like it. It's constantly reassessing all the time we're reassessing how we're feeling about things. For sure. And pivoting and changing. We're trying um, to trying to live our dream job here. Right. right. We're like, yeah, man, this sucks. Yeah. You know? It's like we want this to be fun and enjoyable. That's why we did it. So yeah. Right. So we took took a lower wage for a long time, and it's been growing now. But um, I would rather take a lower wage for a while than to 
kind of sell out over money, you know? And like Absolutely. hate your life. It's like, why yeah. are you doing this? And you could work any other job and it would be easier. Yeah, we both providing the work. Yeah, we both did like good in school and stuff. Like we could be doing very, very high paying jobs if we had right. gone that route, you know? So it's like, we did this. So let's actually try to live a dream and make sure we're enjoying every minute of it. You know, loving the process. Right. Absolutely. You were going to go for uh, radiation tech. What were you going for? I was if, you, a, if you weren't going to be doing this. I was going to be a teacher. Teacher? It's uh, so funny you said that, but keep going before I put my piece uh, in. Yeah, no, um, I was I was going to be a teacher, um, but I actually originally was trying to go to military school, but yeah, then a teacher. That long hair that you sported for so long, I don't think would have gone <laughs> too well. At yeah, I realized school. that I don't like people telling me what to do, so I kind of backed out of that real quick. I love the idea of like the discipline and the training and the physical, but like, Come in my place at 4 a.m. banging some shit, yelling at me like that's not going well, yeah, man. <laughs> but I also, uh, that's why I said it was funny. Is I originally wanted to be an elementary school gym teacher. Oh really? Killer yeah. job. The idea <laughs> was do that, and then in the summer do landscaping and construction and kind yeah. of make my money and go back and just have like, a sweet job. You make it make the make the lower <laughs> paying teaching job really. Yeah, you know, pay go, out that way. go make the fifty thousand in the summer to make up for the thirty thousand or whatever they pay a teacher and kind yeah. of do what I like, but then also do what I also like. For sure. Couldn't pass algebra. Like, wow. I'm retarded when it comes to algebra. <laughs> um, Kyle's conversations, you're allowed to say retarded. Now okay. you're not allowed to say that yeah. in so many places, <laughs> we still let it fly. Um, but like, I couldn't understand. I was like, I wanna teach elementary school gym. I could balance a grade book in my head. My arithmetic is boom, boom, boom. Right. Add, subtract, multiply, divide, I got it. But like, we get to slope and my brain's like, we don't need this shit, turn off. Right, right. You know, I've tried it at Lakeland, I tried it at uh, Lorraine. Like, I've, I've kept failing the same thing and it's like, yeah. I could pass business math. So why don't I just kind of revisit the teaching thing later in yeah. life? And that's kind of where the marketing thing kicked in of like, I get to create, but I also get to teach. Mm -hmm. Where like, like not too many people, I, like you said, I've thrown so much extra money back off my table of like, let me build your site for you. Yeah. Let me teach you how to maintain it. I don't want you calling me to be like, update. I'm like, yeah, I could get more money that way. Right. But I'd rather teach you the skills so that you could, you could do it. Yeah. You know, like, let me get it up and running. Unless you don't want to do it at all, then you're going to pay me every bit that I want. So you're kind of indirectly <laughs> being a teacher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like cool. I'm not doing gym teacher anymore, which right. would be way sweeter than you know doing coding and things like right, that. Right, right. But you know, like finding a way to still get that teaching itch out. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. That's cool. Um, you mentioned that you guys took a lower rate for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that a lot of freelancers, a lot of creatives, kind of struggle with. Is how do you determine? what your rates are or what you want for a project or things like that. How do you just determine which ways you go monetarily? We usually throw out a quote, run the job, and then reassess. How, how do you come up with that quote? Just based off of other creatives or? <laughs> Basically, you're just like projecting how long a job will take you. Right. Yeah, and obviously, you're going to be wildly much worse at this, right, at, at the you start. know, the less jobs that you've done. But once you start doing a bunch of jobs, and also you'll be faster and better and more efficient, but that doesn't mean you should keep charging less. That means you are getting better, so charge more. You have better equipment, so charge sure. more. And you know, just keep yourself at a place where you feel good about your hourly. And you know, don't say just what you think the client will accept. Say what you want to make. And if the client doesn't accept, then maybe that job wasn't for you. Right. right. You can't say yes to every thousand dollar offer. I mean. You know, it's like people sometimes ask us for music videos and they want to spend like a couple hundred bucks and it's like, we're, we're four figures to, you right. know. To like start a music video, right. you know? That's not being cocky, it's just like, 
That's just a what music, goes into it. A music video is going to take a lot of time. It's yeah, so like, like if, if you want to pay me 200 bucks, you get one of us, and it right. better take me about four hours to start and finish. Right. You know, because right. I'm only making, you know, that's 50 bucks an hour, but Every I mean, there's taxes no way. And rent and yeah, that's not good money. There's, there's no way. I'll but that too, a lot of people are thinking, that. you know, you mentioned that lens alone is six hundred dollars. Yeah. So if I call man, that lens breaks. Like I need something to make it worth my time that I brought my equipment out for. Right. That uh, I learned that struggle with landscaping. Yeah. My first, the first name that I went with was Lawns for Less. Great fucking name. I don't right. care what anybody says. It's catchy. It's quick. It's two hours. Yeah. Collins conversations. I love the double double consonants. Yeah. Like it works well for me. But I would attract people that thought they could call me and get a half acre of grass mowed for ten dollars. Right. Oh, lawns for less? Like, yeah, that means it's less than the $50 guy, but it's still $35. Right, right. Like, same thing. You know, I'm showing up with a truck, my lawnmower is $3,000, and it's a little one. You right. know, like... <laughs> Burning gas? Yeah, yeah, like, have you seen gas? Gas is $4 a gallon. Once yeah. I throw the mixed oil in it, that's $8. And there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and all of the above. Or if you got labor, you know, you want me to drive from Lakewood to Willoughby, that's fine, but you're paying the drive time. Like, yeah. I got a guy, I've got to pay him. Like, you want me to go, you know, hey, uh, hey, Bill, uh, they don't want to pay for the drive. Can you clock out? Like, yep. nobody's going to say that, you right. know? Um, but how do you deal with those rejections when you know that you got to deal, you know, you got to pay the lights, you got to pay the camera bill, and you, you don't want to take that extra work? How do you go about struggles like that as entrepreneurs? We've been running side jobs for years. Mm -hmm. That's one part. Yeah. So it's all always making sure we're bringing in a little bit of income and then right. diversifying your income so that it's not you're not necessarily worried about that one client. Right. You have money coming in from multiple areas. And don't bite off more than you can chew. You know, we yeah. didn't get this studio day one of being a business. Right. We were, a, you yeah. know, building our business for quite some time, and then we got this space, and we were actually splitting this space with another artist for a while too yeah so you know it's cheaper and then you know over time you're gonna build up your clientele like we are at a point now with our clients where we know we work with certain clients every year and it's right. just like we have we have the studio paid for you know it's right. like anything beyond that you know we're doing good we also when we first got the studio we're paying a good chunk of that out of our own pockets oh yeah it's just like we wanted it so we wanted this so bad we saw that opportunity yeah we basically were working full-time jobs on the side, like yeah. just regular jobs, not involved with this. I think you guys had it down to where you take three days or something and just kind yeah. of lock yeah. yourself in and just go all the yeah, way. Yeah, it was like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and half a Wednesday. Right. Yeah. And then we'd work Wednesday right. night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and right. get all our money there. So and and that's, them. again, that's where people think, you know, you guys make this nice life of, you know, do what you want, come as you go. But yeah, like, seven days a week, man. Yeah, for sure. 70, 70 hour, weeks is that's about my normal 60 yeah. to 70 is pretty but average. we get the ability to be like mark's like yo dude i i want to go uh i'm going to dinner tonight with my girlfriend i got a dip at five just like sweet right take care of your shit we're good absolutely yeah that's like awesome yeah like at our house you know my wife has on my little board of all my shit i gotta get done like, this is my work schedule i'll be home at nine tonight or i'm off on thursday and yeah like she doesn't get that same concept to me like i've not been off since i was 22. yeah like yeah once i quit Key Bank and was like, I'm going full on landscaping. And once I quit landscaping, I was like, I'm going to figure out how to get marketing to work. Like yeah. it's, I wake up before everybody in the house wakes up and I go to my office and I sit at my computer and I go through my routine of make content, find client, do client work, make content, you know, kind of yes. just, and then next thing you know, like last night, it was nine o'clock, 9.30 she came out. She said, you gonna work on that? No, I just want to, I want to finish up this, you know, this one section. I was making a bunch of covers, cover art for, uh, 
author project I was doing. And I was like, oh, I only got, you know, 20, 15 more to go. I've been knocking them out, you know, two or three minutes each. Yeah. Next thing I know, I'm like, I have to stop. It's 12 o'clock. And I said, I wasn't working all night. Night yeah. is literally gone. It's morning now. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you get in that zone of just like, boom, boom, boom. And like you said, like, in that exact moment, that feeling of, I just made how much in the last 10 minutes? Because, you know, I'm getting paid by piece of article. Yeah. And you're like, I just knocked out green light on SEO on 16 articles and I got 16 of these. Yeah. It's X amount of dollars. You're like, oh, I don't want to quit. Right. Like, it's that gambler's high of like, no, the, the, the craps are still rolling on seven every time. <laughs> like, boom, 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 green light, boom, 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 green light. Like, yeah. I'm going to keep on going, man. Until to the eyeballs are like, oh. But then this morning he called me. He's like, spelled Afghanistan wrong on one of them. Yeah, I did. Like, yeah, you gotta learn, learn the uh, <laughs> like, But that one too, like, there's, it's a hard word to spell it. It wasn't on spell check. Like, it's <laughs> the coding thing. It doesn't have spell check. You know, I was like, I was close. You know, nobody from Afghanistan is reading this. It should be good. Um, what did we not cover that you guys feel like you thought we were going to cover? I think we covered a lot. I, I think we guys expecting just, a lot. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good interview, bro. Thank you, man. Some deep dives. Yeah, gotta go sure. with the deep dives. But yeah. like I said, like you guys are welcoming into this huge space. We got thousands of dollars of shit set up. You spent <laughs> hours setting up beautiful lights. Like the least I could do is come back with, look, I did the research. I know about the things. Like, yeah. And that's the cool thing too. I'm the opposite side of that. Being a fan of your guys. Like I see the videos, I see, you know, I've saw this was, it was empty technically. Yeah. But now actually getting to come and see the physical location mm -hmm. and make that connection of like, oh yeah. Like every time you look at this footage, you're like, oh yeah, remember that light went out four times or this yeah, light. Right. <laughs> you know, like building those, like that's seeing that YouTube can be real life. I think is something that um, like my stepdaughter, she wants to go to Florida so bad just to see uh, Smelly Belly TV. Like, I think she's finally out of that one. Yeah. But they were running it in our house for the longest. Like, Dude. And I try to watch some of that and I'm like, it's like, whoo, this is tough. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's cool that they brought a pig in the house, but other than that, yeah. like, what are we watching? How, I, that's one thing I could talk real quick about. How do people still not see the, the, um, the amount of people making full-time wages on YouTube? Right. Like, we still think it's not like a real thing. But everyone watches it still. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, so like, strange. Like cable to me is dead. Right. And YouTube is almost becoming Netflix for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, dude, I've watched like, more YouTube than anything else. Like that that nighttime before bed, instead of you know, kind of just the, the learning something. Now it's yeah. like, oh, like you said, let's throw on hot ones for for yeah. whatever. You know, it's it's way more accessible and programmable. Like, yeah, I just like how everyone can you can just. You can become an aficionado on anything. And right. Not a crazy amount of money, but a decent wage, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, on my end, I'm making no money off views, but the amount of connections that is opened yeah. is astonishing to me. Oh, yeah, that's huge. Like, and that's why I tell everybody, like, no matter what you do, start a podcast. Yeah. You know, like, especially, like I said, I do a lot more with authors lately than anything, which is funny because I hate to read books. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, I like doing marketing. You like writing books. Send me the synopsis. Save me 300 pages. You know, like, yeah, right. give, give me the, what I need to know and I'll make everything work for you. But like to be able to meet a guy that's an author, like I get paid to ghostwrite for authors now. Oh, that's cool. Never did I think five years ago when I was, hell, when I was in high school, nobody would have guessed that I was ghostwriting for anybody. Right. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I just wasn't me, but kind of just being open into those opportunities clicked. You just, you just learn new shit. Yeah. Oh, I lied. One thing I do want to cover, we do this off that. Uh, you guys have been working together for 10 plus years in a creative thing, in an entrepreneur, 
um, kind of you know taking risks together and working together and not many people can make partnerships work more mm -hmm. than you know year, a year anymore um, what advice do you have for other creatives as far as that finding that collaborative partner and being able to just I mean you guys seem like yin and yang both from in person and and on your footage of what you expertise in you expertise in and you're both like I trust you let's go for your angle like how do you guys build that camaraderie as uh, entrepreneur partners? Uh, I would say, you know, communication is important. You know, express your opinions and consider the other person's opinion too. Yeah. I think it's easy when people are like disagreeing to, you know, get really into your idea and like sometimes it's just as simple as like, yo, I need to like cool down so I'm gonna just like stop for a minute and like chill and like think about this and you know it's like consider really consider all perspectives like i think a good example is like democrats and republicans you know they're not they're they're very oppositional they're not considering each other's sides right so you know so you, you need to you need right. to really think about the other person's opinion whether it's something small or something big and you know work it out uh, i think that camera just died that's cool. One. That's all right. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, a, a lot what Margaret just said with communication. Um, I think people like build up over time and get like infuriated. They, you just gotta talk talk right. things out. It's, it's easier. That's really it. I always say it's easier to have that one minute conversation now than to wait a year and let that shit just build up to be like, you didn't take out the trash three months ago. Like, yeah, exactly. It's just festering <laughs> and it kind of just yeah. hinders everything that you're trying to do. Uh, <laughs> I think another thing too is we try to be like really fair about everything and like, you know, really split up workloads and, right. you know, if, if we need to help each other with things, like, you know, we help each other, like we're not afraid to ask each other for help, like, you know, it's like, I'm not really good at this or I don't like this, you know, do you like this, right. do you want yeah. to do this and vice versa, you know. That seems to really work out between us. It's like usually if one of us isn't into one thing or doesn't know right. how to do one thing, the other person is into it or knows how. Absolutely, where yeah. you learn together. You guys yeah. uh, have a phrase that you say in a lot of your videos, fail forward. Mm -hmm. Kind of seems to be like the skeleton model almost. Yeah, I mean, you, you fuck shit up sometimes <laughs> and it's just like, you can't like, you can't like, learn. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely. not gonna make that mistake again and right. until you, your heart drops to the bottom of your stomach and you're like, oh my god, I just lost that, you know, or whatever happens. Yeah. Like, you have some scary moments sometimes, especially like if you have one opportunity to like get a shot and like yeah. you're working for a client that's under contract, like you need to make sure nothing's gonna go wrong. Right. Yeah, you gotta trust just trust each other too, you know. Just make if you if you really have a friendship that you that is that you're trying to it's hard to go into business with a friend, for sure. For sure. Um, we even talked about that a little off camera, but um, you really gotta have trust in each other. So it's got you gotta make sure you're with someone. Right. You either have to be very, very close and you don't butt heads too much, or maybe you're not so close and you're more acquaintances right. and that might even work better, you know? And sure. I would say definitely know the, uh, you know, your partner's like work integrity and like work right. ethics. Like, yeah. just because you're friends with somebody doesn't mean you're gonna be good business partners. Right. I would not go into business with like, you know, I, I couldn't think of like any other friends right now that I would want to start a business with. For sure. I mean, yeah. like you said, you have to see this mug for what, 18 hours a day at times. <laughs> yeah, you know? dude. And yeah, we, we still hang out outside of work, like, believe it or not, which right. is crazy. Yeah. 
I loved your uh, in the scuff mixing episode. You guys kind of touched on because, like, being a creative, like you kind of it's hard to vibe with a lot of other people. You know, kind of like. Yeah. Like you guys said, uh, chilling to you guys as you go over to his house and you sit down for two or three hours and run out video ideas or yeah. different things like that. Because to me, that's the same way. Like I'm like, oh, what can we record or yeah. what way can we help whatever project you're working on or what project I'm working on? You yeah. Know? Like to me, work and play is like the same thing because I'm never off work. So like totally. I got to figure out how to like find people I like to work with. Right. So that way you're like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta go listen to Scuff make me music. Oh, it's yeah. rough. <laughs> you know. We have a lot of mutual friends, and we'll like come meet up at like gatherings, and we we like actually have to like audibly be like, "Yo, dude, like, no let's more. Not talk Don't talk about business because right. you're annoying. Right. Like you're annoying other people. It's like let's just not really always entertaining talk to anyone else. No, like, unless they don't know. Unless you're, you're in the trenches, about. you're like. Yeah. You know, because they're clocking out at five and they're going home. They're not figuring out how to, you know, reattach those ceiling tiles back to the room. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the time, you're, talk, you're speaking a different language, you know. It's like, right. yeah, you, they don't know what you're even talking about. For sure. Yeah. Let's end it. Okay. Digital Soapbox, uh, I think that one's off now. I think we still yeah. have both of those two running. For sure. Um, it's harder with two people, but you guys got up to one minute to end it on whatever chord you want to do, whatever note. All right. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll be inspirational. If you are interested in any type of business or uh, or video or whatever whatever you're doing, just make sure it's something that you're extremely passionate about and you're just gonna have a lot of fun for the rest of your life. Yeah, and, and to follow that up, follow your passions, you know? Explore things you're into, find something you like, and you'll have a lot of fun in life. That was uh, our inspiration behind starting this business. Yeah. Time passes really quick. It does not feel like we've been doing this for, this has been official for four years and it feels like yesterday. I'm so glad that we put this time into that. Right. Because if I was where I was four years ago, I would not be a happy kid, <laughs> a happy kid at all, you know? <laughs> so yeah. Awesome. Yeah, invest time in yourself and yeah. And where can they find you guys? Uh, just search Skeleton Studios. It is in spelled. Yeah, S-T-E-W-D-I-O-S, we're on everything, but if you just put it in Google, it'll be us for pages. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, because we need, we need yeah. more subscribers, please. I know you guys <laughs> only got 888, you guys are slacking. I know, we got, that's not, I mean, we need more. Coming up right? on yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that thousand mark. Yeah.
That concludes today's episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Thank you to Mark and Sam. Thank you to Mark, especially for all the times he got up to stop the camera, start the camera, to make everything possible. And if you want to help make things possible, after you get done here, head over to anchor.fm backslash Collins hyphen conversations. You can find the support tab. Think about giving a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way to supporting local businesses, getting ads, and more time for me to spend podcasting. Either way, the show is going to go on. See you next week. Talk to you then.